This is Golf Talk Canada, Canada's only national golf talk radio and TV program. Presented by TaylorMade and the all-new Stealth 2, Stealth 2 Plus, and Stealth 2 HD Carbon Woods. Designed with more carbon for more forgiveness. Learn more at TaylorMadeGolf.ca. Now, here are your hosts, Mark Sacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Good morning, Canada. Welcome inside another Wednesday edition of GTC. Adam Scully alongside Bob Weeks. Mark Sacchino will be by in our numero de, where he will join us from Bay Hill, where he is there this week for PGA Tour Radio. He's on location. He'll be there all four days walking along some of the best players in the world should be a very exciting week but bob good morning sir how are you this morning doing very well doing very well just uh taking in some breaking news here um that is very interesting we can get to that in a minute but uh looks like some big changes coming to the pga tour schedule next year okay so that in the biz is what we call a tease right there and we'll get (laughs) to We'll we'll get to this breaking news here shortly. Uh, Let me just tee up the show here before we get to that. We're going to hear from Kevin Blue, Golf Canada's chief sport officer. I had a chance to to chat with him recently, and you can also watch that interview on our television show, which is today, because, Bob, today we have a Golf Talk Canada triple header. So this is the first leg of our triple header, 10 a.m. to noon, right here on TSN 1050. Then you can watch us at 1 p.m. on TSN 4, where for the first time in 2023, the band is back together on television, which should be a lot of fun, from 1 to 2 on TSN 4. And if you missed that, maybe you're at work. Hopefully you're working. Don't worry. You can watch us TSN to at 4 p.m. We're also on at that time too. So triple header for us right here on GTC. One other guest joining us today is Terrell Hatton, who won the Arnold Palmer Invitational a couple of years ago. He may or may not be on one of our TSN Edge teams. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. You'll have to wait and find out to hear that. But Terrell Hatton will join us at the end of hour one. I, I chatted with Terrell at the Adidas Global Launch event in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Fun to catch up with him. But let's get to the breaking news. Before we do that, let's hit some news and headlines. News and headlines are brought to you by Sandbagger Hard Seltzer. Sandbagger. Everybody knows one. Okay, Bob. Floor is yours. What's up? Uh, Well, it looks like the PGA Tour is going to approve some radical changes to its schedule. This is from Eamon Lynch at uh, uh, Golf Week. And he said that the basically the next year the the new schedule will have uh, reduced fields in the designated events, and the removal of the 36 hole cut. Uh, so fields in the designated events will be between 70 and 78 players. No halfway cut. Changes won't apply to every elevated event. Uh, the majors, obviously, players championship, FedEx Cup playoff tournaments, will be unaffected. So um, it's uh, it looks like. I'm not really sure why they would do this because having the cut is one of the things that has kind of um, changed it from, uh, you know, this from the from the live tour, which they were saying is one of the big problems why they weren't getting world ranking points. So I'm not sure how this is going to work out, but it's an interesting interesting move, and um, I think I'm a little disappointed in it. Just on first glance, we saw the great story last a couple weeks ago with Nick Taylor. Uh, getting in, I don't know if he would have been in if it's a 78-player field. So 
it's going to be a, a significant change for a lot of players. I totally agree, Bob. And, you know, we saw, you know, the WGC events have not been happening as much and slowly going away. But this, to me, at first glance, just get seeing and reading this article, this just seems like the WGCs are kind of back, no? Yeah, it does, I guess. And, and I don't know how many of them are going to be, but if this is a significant, uh, uh, you know, stretch, like what they essentially want to do is have a couple of designated events and then they're calling it a... a a, a sort of a flow to the season, I guess. They want a couple of designated events and then three non-designated tournaments, then two more designated, then three non-designated. So it's, uh, boy, it's it's a big change. If, if this is all accepted and goes through, it will be a significant change for the PGA Tour and for a lot of players who are 79th through 125 on the list. Yeah, I, I guess you can look at it in the sense that you know, there's the motivation for if this is going to go through for the players who are, like you mentioned, in that bubble window, so to speak, to get in these fields and get a chance for this guaranteed money. But like you mentioned too, Bob, like part of the main reason that the Live Tour, one of the reasons the Live Tour has not had world ranking points just yet is because, you know, it's it's a guaranteed check. It's There's, there's no cut. So this is uh, this is something that we are definitely going to keep an eye on here going forward. If this does apply, um, I know Bob, you're going to be at TPC Sawgrass next week. I know there you have some interviews lined up with some pretty high uh, high executives on the PGA Tour, where hopefully we can learn more about this and what the plan is going forward. But um, for this just show just today, one more, just one more ahead. quick just one more quick point, Adam is. This would be a big hit, I think, to the RBC Canadian Open because I don't think you could have a national championship with a limited field. That would be, you know, that would kind of be going against everything that what an Open championship is. So this could have a significant effect on the field that, uh, that assembles for the RBC Canadian Open. Yeah, this is... This is perplexing. I mean, for, I mean, the the beauty of this Wednesday show is we've had this is our fourth, I believe, is that there seems to be some sort of breaking news that happens right before, during. You know, a couple of weeks ago we had that PGA Tour LPGA Tour sanctioned event being announced as our show was on the air. So uh, that's the beauty of this show. But this is breaking news right now that it appears these designated events will be uh, more of a limited field as 2024 approaches but uh, once this becomes official we will continue to update you on this moving target in a situation that is currently happening and bizarre is uh, one way i would describe it that's for sure now before we get to the arnold palmer invitational another designated event with a much bigger field this week with a cut this week some news for the cp women's open bob and that it's heading to calgary tell us about that yeah, so they made the announcement yesterday that the uh, RBC, or sorry, the CP Women's Open, which uh, will be celebrating its 40th playing next in 2024, uh, will be going to Calgary. No surprise, that's the uh, that's the home uh, home office, head office of of the railway, and so they're going to um, going to have it at Earl Grey Golf Club, which is uh, a course that really hasn't hosted a ton of big events, but they've hosted a lot of competitions, provincial competitions. They also held a Canadian amateur back in the 70s, and to show you how old it was, is Doug Roxborough won it uh, beating Dave Barr in the final when they were both amateurs. Well, Doug Roxborough was a career amateur. 
So it's, uh, but it's gotten good reviews for a golf course. I know they've, uh, they're going to change the flow of the course to set up to, uh, to accentuate some of the better holes in the finishing stretch. But it's a good move. It means that the uh, Women's Open will be at Shaughnessy this coming year and then remain out west in Calgary. And Calgary has a huge history of raising a lot of mon- money for charity through golf as the uh, PGA Tour Champions event there. The Shaw Charity Classic is any indication. So uh, this is a good fit, and I think, I think the, uh, the players will be happy to go back to Calgary. Definitely. And, you know, you were obviously in attendance last summer when Brooke Henderson was playing in Ottawa at the CP Women's Open. And that was four or five weeks after she won that major championship. From, from your perspective, when you look back, how, what was the vibe like that week around not only Brooke Henderson, but many of the other top players in the world there, but also Lori Kane, who, who was playing in, in yet another CP uh, Women's Open. Like, I'm sure the vibe was amazing back then, and it's only going to get bigger and better now as Brooke and many other Canadian players continue to win. It was, um, <laughs> my, my, I guess my way of explaining it, it was almost smothering because Brooke was such a star. She's basically in her hometown, and the tournament hadn't been held for a couple of years due to COVID. So there were all sorts of uh, reasons to celebrate and for people to come out and watch. And I wasn't surprised that Brooke didn't do all that well because she had so many demands on her time, so many requirements, and trying to play golf, obviously. And it was a, uh, aside from that, it was a huge success. I mean, the fans who showed up, were amazing. The number of fans, the number of activations that Golf Canada had going and sponsors were more than they've ever had before. So it was a huge hit and it did win an award as I think top tournament of the year from the LPGA Tour, well-earned award. So they'll have, they'll have a big job to try and, um, try and cover that again when they, when they arrive in, uh, in Vancouver this year for, uh, for the, uh, for the at Shaughnessy Golf Club. The other mm-hmm. thing to note too, the Calgary event is a new date. It's going to be in July as opposed oh. to in late August, early September, which has been the norm for the last few years. Interesting. And I mean, there has been talk, like we mentioned on our on our show briefly, about maybe a new date for the RBC Canadian Open as well. As we know, moving target with this uh, with the PGA Tour right now and the schedule and things are being done. Uh, we will continue to update you on that uh, breaking news that Eamon Lynch. Uh, tweeted out about uh, 12 minutes ago. Uh, But you mentioned Brooke Henderson, and Brooke Henderson is playing again this week on the LPGA Tour in Singapore. She won her first event of the season back at the Tournament of Champions, finished T44 this past week in Thailand, and she went through something that a lot of people have been through when traveling, and that's losing your golf clubs, or your golf clubs don't quite make it. Well, Brooke spoke to the media this morning and gave us more of a story of what happened with the golf clubs. I believe we have the, the audio. If so, let's hear from Brooke Henderson. Yeah, you know, uh, wasn't the start or the week I wanted last week in Thailand uh, with my clubs not being there. Um, Taylor May did do a great job, though, in getting me a, a set that was similar uh, to mine that I was able to use uh, for the practice rounds um, and then the first two rounds of the tournament last week Um, but I was so grateful to have my clubs returned to me on Friday afternoon and be able to put them in play over the weekend Um, and then you know just to be able to work with them and and practice um, in the days leading up right now uh, before this week I think is really nice and uh, it's just like kind of like a long lost friend. Just like any of us, when you lose your golf clubs traveling, it's like a long lost friend. There was that clip we played in one of our shows 
last summer, I believe, and it was one of your three dubs, Bob, where Colin Morikawa was sitting on an airplane and he was looking out the window and he could see his clubs in a travel bag not moving as they were about to take off and it's it's the absolute horror you have there where you're thinking my babies aren't going to make it my golf clubs aren't going to make it but now that brooke has all of her clubs she's ready to rock what are your expectations for brooke this week now that she's been overseas now for a couple of weeks too my expectations for brooke are always high and i think they they are for for her as well i think she is a player who really tries to you know go as hard as she can and as good as she can every single week and she has such amazing talent it's not a big surprise when you lose your clubs though even though she gets a a set that's basically built from specs that she has in her regular set it's a lot of other things that you lose remember Mackenzie Hughes telling me he lost his clubs for about for about a month after the open championship last year and he talked about all the things you have in your bag all the the gloves, all the ball markers, all the certain things that are just yours. They don't maybe have a huge effect on your on your outcome, but it's it's your stuff. And so if you don't have your stuff, it makes it a little bit different than playing, even if the clubs are essentially the same lineup and, and same uh, makeup of, of what you normally carry. So I think there's um, there's a calm for, for Brooke Anderson knowing that she's got her gear and her stuff. So I'm looking for her to have a big week, as, as I think we always do. We always do, and looking forward to seeing Brooke Henderson this week uh, teed up in Singapore. She has a win already in 2023. We know it's going to be a huge year for Brooke Henderson. Coming up on the other side, we'll continue to tee up the Arnold Palmer Invitational and look at the six Canadians in the field from a fantasy perspective because there are some long odds which given the way team canada has played so far in the 2022-23 wraparound season something you might want to consider this is golf talk canada this segment of gtc was presented by taylor made and the all-new stealth 2 stealth 2 plus and stealth 2 hd carbon woods designed with more carbon for more forgiveness This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score, good for your health. Visit JPSMGolf.com to find a trolley that fits your game. JPSM Golf, Canada's premier electric golf trolley specialist. Welcome back inside GTC Scully and Weeks here with you. The Arnold Palmer Invitational getting underway this week. And if you missed some of the breaking news that uh, took place in hour one, big changes coming again to the PGA Tour schedule. It appears some designated events will have reduced fields, no cuts going forward. Again, this is a moving target and something that once there is uh, definite news we will update you we will have people on our show to discuss why the pga tour is doing this we'll have player reaction and all of that okay but this week what we do know is that the designated designated event at the arnold palmer invitational has a cut has a full field has many of the top ranked players in the world john rom is the betting favorite right now on FanDuel at plus 700 or seven to one Rory McIlroy plus 850, Scotty Scheffler plus 950. Then there's a big drop-off. Max Homa has the fourth shortest odds tied with Colin Morikawa and Will Zalatoris. Bob, before we get to the Canadians, the six Canucks in the field this week, do you agree 
with that that there are three big favorites this week in Rom, Rory, and Scheffler, and then there is a drop off to the, the next tier of guys, if you will. I would. I think that you look at the past records of Scheffler and McElroy here, both of our past champions. John Rom is arguably having the best season of all three of them right now. Um, you can make a statement for <laughs> you could probably go either way. You could pick either any one of those and say they're having the best best year. But I think John Rahm's year has been good. Of course, Scotty Scheffler's won most recently. Uh, Rory struggled with the putter the last couple of events. But you can you can throw those names in a hat, pull one out, and and say this is the favorite, and you'd be right. There's there's these three right right now. There's these three, and then there's a drop to the next level of players. And I liked what John Rahm had in his press conference this week when he talked about. You know, can anybody beat me uh, when I'm playing my best? But which I'm sure we'll get into. But but you know, you look at what they what he said afterwards, and he said, I think everybody, all the top guys, feel that way. There's a lot of guys who feel that when they're playing their best, they can't get beaten. It's going to be interesting. It would be great to see all these three guys uh, gunning for it on Sunday afternoon. It totally would. And you mentioned Rom's comments there, and you can look at it two ways. You can look at it, you know. One, what else is he supposed to say? You know, is he going to say, oh, no, when I'm at my best, no, people can beat me. But he's like, he's a confident guy for sure. He, he believes in his ability. And Bob, after his last victory a couple of weeks ago, we thought, oh, he's going to have a bit of a letdown here, right? And goes on and wins again. So Rom already has three wins in 2020. Three, had a top 20 finish last year at Bay Hill, his first time playing in the tournament. Is is it a disappointment if Rom isn't in the mix come Sunday afternoon? Can he keep this wave going? I don't think any of these three guys can keep it going all year. And you saw that last year. Essentially, Scheffler and McElroy were uh, hot, as, hot as steel the first part of the season. And then they cooled off a little bit. And then John Rom came in. There's just too many good players and there's too many demands on a player who is playing good, I think, unless your name is Tiger Woods, it's really hard to keep that pace going for any length of time. So um, <laughs> I don't know what, how to properly answer the question, but it's, 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 if it's not one of these three guys, I think most of us will be surprised. Yeah, totally. So like you mentioned off the top, John Rahm, your favorite on FanDuel, followed by Rory McIlroy and Scotty Scheffler. But as we spoke about at length on, on Monday's show, the depth of golf in Canada is huge right now. And there are six Canadians in the field this week at Bay Hill. Corey Connors, Adam Hadwin, Nick Taylor, Taylor Pendrith, Adam Svensson, and Mackenzie Hughes. Now, of these six Canadians, just from an odds perspective, Bob, Corey Connors has the shortest odds to win. At 100 to 1, to win outright, 100 to 1, he has the shortest odds. And before I, before I give you the odds for the other players, of the six Canadians right now, Adam Svensson, you would think, has the best form coming in. Do you think Svensson has the best chance to come out and have the best week this week? Or is it Nick Taylor or any of the other guys? I'm not sure exactly who to pick in here. There's lots of good ways to slice, this, slice and dice this. And you look at past records, Corey Connors has had a very good uh, appearances here. He's had very good finishes here. He's not playing all that well, though, realistically. He's only, he doesn't have a top 10 yet this year. But I know that he does prefer to play on the East Coast than the West Coast. So I'm not shocked. Uh, I would think that 
I would think that Nick Taylor might do a little better than uh, plus uh, 18,000. I mean, he's a guy who I've, I feel has been perhaps the most consistent of the guys out there. And yet Svensson is, is still sort of tempting to, uh, to pull out. But I, I st- think right now that, that uh, I, even though he hasn't played well, I really like Corey Connors this week just because of his past record here. And, you know, you have to really, this is a ball strikers golf course at Bay Hill. And, and above, of all the Canadians, they all have their strengths and their weaknesses. But Corey Connors' big strength is his ball striking. It certainly is. And from everything Mark told us on Monday, everything we're seeing forecast-wise, it's supposed to blow wind-wise. It's supposed to get a little crazy with the wind. So we've seen two of the last three times at Bay Hill at the Arnold Palmer Invitational that the uh, score to the winning score has been less that has been in single digits. So that is quite something. And looking forward to seeing that uh, this week. Of course, TSN Plus is your home on the television side of things, streaming side of things. You can watch the Arnold Palmer Invitational. But running through the rest of the Canadian odds, we have Corey Connors at 100 to 1. Uh, we have Adam Hadwin at 140 to 1. Taylor, Nick Taylor at 180 to 1. Taylor Penn with 210 to 1. Adam Spence in 270 to 1. Mackenzie Hughes, 390 to 1. Uh, of the rest of the pack here, Bob, when you look at you know Nick Taylor, 180 to 1, that seems very long. Adam, Adam Spence at 270 to 1. Maybe another number to look at here for a top 20. He is plus 600 or six to one. Do you think Adam Svensson can continue to ride this momentum given he's played a lot of some very solid golf as of late? Yeah, he didn't, you know, he didn't play great last week, but that's a very hard golf course at PGA National where they were playing. And I, I think he sort of maybe lost enthusiasm down the stretch, which you can't do, of course, with the bear trap down there. But I, I still think he's perhaps the best player in, has exhibited the best play so far this season of the Canadians, even though you can make a case for a lot of them having good years. Svensson is still an attractive pick at that number. And, and mm-hmm. boy, I, I, I don't know. That might be something that I have to look at because he's, he really does have the ability to go low. The wind is going to be a big factor. I've also, I was also talking to Nick Taylor's caddy, David Markle, last night, and he said that around the greens, um, around the greens, the rough is really nasty and tangled and long. So, you're going to have to hit a lot of greens, which again leads me back to Corey Connors. There you go. And uh, also you can see Bob and I with some picks with our three handicap segment, which will be released on tsn.ca a little later today, where we take a look at some of the marquee groups, the feature groups that you can watch on TSN+. Plus. We'll have that available on tsn.ca. You can also see our picks on FanDuel as well. Now, Bob, before we sign off here, you're off to a little shoot right now. Tell us where you are off to right now and when we'll be able to see it. Uh, We're going to shoot a little feature on the boys who started up Data Golf, which is if you're looking for some deep, deep insight and numbers into the PGA Tour and actually all the tours, you want to go to Data Golf. And it was started by a couple of Canadian guys. We're going to go and meet them and find out about their business. And uh, we're going to run that story and hopefully some some, uh, additional stuff with it during the Masters coverage that we'll have. uh, Boy, it's coming up soon, isn't it? (laughs) Only like a month away. It's March today. 
It is. It's coming up. It 36 days away from the first tee shot being struck at Augusta National, which we are so excited about. But Bob, thanks for your time this morning. Good luck with uh, Data Golf. And you can actually also watch Bob and I later today on SportsCenter, where we go through our speed golf with some of the hot topics on uh, the PGA Tour and the World of Golf. Bob, thanks for your time today. Okay, Adam. Have a good day. Okay, that's Bob Weeks off to do a feature on Data Golf. Looking forward to seeing that. And like Bob mentioned too, the Masters, it's seven weeks away. By seven, I mean five weeks away. I got my math messed up there. But five weeks away for the Masters. Uh, five weeks away until uh, we see shots being struck. It's going to be so exciting. Of course, we'll be the, the home of the Masters on the television side of things. Radio side of things will be... A couple shows that week, too, where we preview the Masters. On the other side, we're going to hear from Kevin Blue from Golf Canada. This is GTC. This segment of GTC, presented by TaylorMade, was brought to you by JPSM Golf, offering Canada's largest selection of electric golf trolleys. Good for your score. Good for your health. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. Visit weathertech.ca. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Adam Scully here. Mark Sacchino will be by in about half an hour. Now, Mark is on location at Bay Hill this week. For PGA Tour Radio, his Florida travel adventure continues, and he'll be on the ground there. We'll, we'll ask Mark, obviously, about this new PGA Tour breaking news, about what the schedule could look like in 2024. We'll talk to Mark all about some of the TSN Edge fantasy favorites, dark horses, long shots. We'll also give our TSN Edge picks, but we'll also talk to Mark about what it's like actually being on location for an event working PGA Tour Radio. How many steps does he get? And what does a general week in the life look like for Mark Sacchino when he is on location for PGA Tour Radio? We'll discuss that and much more. And coming up on the other side, we'll hear from Tyrrell Hatton, who is a champion here at Bay Hill at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He won this tournament back in 2020, which feels like eons ago because this was right before COVID-19 really really hit but this was back in 2020 where he won at four under par at bay hill one of only four players who were under par for the entire week and given the forecast we are expecting for this week at bay hill we might be seeing something similar we might see a u.s open breakout this week which is so exciting to see but most recently i had a chance to catch up with golf canada chief sport officer kevin blue about all things golf in canada both professionally and on the amateur level 2022 was a big year for golf in canada 2023 promises to be even bigger here's my conversation with kevin blue all right pleased to be joined by kevin blue from golf canada kevin welcome back to golf talk canada thanks for having me on again adam great to see you Great Good to, to see you, you too, my friend. Yes. And I mean, 2023 is off to a great start for golf in Canada. How would you describe the overall state of the Canadian game right now? I think very positive start to 2023. There's obviously been a number of highlights. 
you know, recently on the PGA tour, there's been some, some very nice play from a number of players. I think a lot of people were cheering for Nick Taylor in the final group at the waste management. Um, also important earlier this season is Ben Silverman winning on the corn Ferry tour and, and putting himself in position with a strong rest of the year to get his PGA tour uh, card back. So we're, we're excited to, for hopefully a very successful 2023. And that's on the men's side and looking at the women's side too, Brooke Henderson doing what she did winning right out of the gate. I mean, watching her week in week out, how impressed are you by just how incredibly talented she is and the, and the amount of wins she's now picking up? Yeah, indeed. Obviously the, uh, probably the exclamation point so far this year was Brooke winning the first event of the year and in, in the fashion that she did, which was clean from start to finish. Uh, I think people probably tuned in to, to see that she was in control and, um, you know, whenever Brooke is, is confident around the greens, which she showed, you know, uh, you, you know, in that event, it's, she's awfully tough to beat, uh, when the wind blows her ball striking really separates her, um, super excited for Brooke and, and the year that she's going to have, uh, you know, seventh in the world right now. And, um, you know, hopefully trending even further up the Rolex rankings. Yeah. She's been so much fun to watch so far. Okay. Let's look ahead here. 2023. We are early on right now, but given the success of both the RBC Canadian open and CP women's open last year, what's your excitement level for both of these tournaments to go on later this year? Yeah, we're, um, you know, last year was, was memorable for, for both events, uh, given the, the sort of time off from the pandemic and we're, we're very excited, uh, for 2023, the CP women's open going out to Shaughnessy in Vancouver is going to be a fantastic opportunity to bring, you know, the world-class talent from, from the LPGA tour to, uh, to Vancouver, uh, on an amazing golf course, as, as we all know, in Shaughnessy. Um, so looking, looking forward to that very much, uh, at the end of August, um, you know, the beginning of the summer, we have the RBC Canadian open. It'll be in Oak at Oakdale, um, you know, in, in North York, uh, very strong ticket sales so far. People are excited about the opportunity to see, uh, the PJ tour stars return to Toronto. And I think the golf course is going to be an interesting, uh, composite of the three nines that they have there at Oakdale. And it'll be, you know, many people, um, are familiar with Oakdale. Some people may have played Oakdale in the, in the members configuration. And what you'll see on the PGA tour is a, um, a sampling of holes from all three of those nine. So that's exciting. Yeah. Oakdale's in my neck of the woods. I've actually never been on the property yet, but uh, we will be with golf talk Canada coming up uh, this June, which we are, are so excited about. Uh, well, how about some of the other national championships? Give us a sense of, you know, some of the other championships uh, going on from coast to coast this summer. Yeah, we're uh, we're very very um, much looking forward to uh, a Canadian women's amateur out in in Halifax at Ashburn, and we are in the process right now of making sure that all of the world class amateurs uh, around the world on the in the women's game are aware of the the event and will return to it. Um, you know, pandemic interrupted some of the cross border travel um, in the years that we were able to resume it. Uh, and we're, we're excited to build the field strength of the Canadian women's amateur back to what it was, which was really, really a world-class, uh, women's amateur tournament. And the community of Halifax is, is looking forward to embracing that, um, you know, on the, on the men's side, the Canadian men's amateur returns to the GTA, uh, and will be hosted at, as we know, a, a, a tremendous facility in Canadian golf in the, in the pulpit club, uh, contested on, uh, at the pulpit and the paintbrush. 
over 72 holes. So that'll be a highlight of the summer uh, for sure. I'm really eager to, uh, again, to see some more international players in, in both of those men's and women, men's and women's amateurs this, uh, this summer. Yeah. And we mentioned a little earlier about the success on the pro game or pro level so far in 2023, but what about the future? What are some of golf Canada's strategies to continue growing the game to see even more Canadians near the top of the leaderboard uh, on the pro level in the next couple of years? Yeah, Adam, we've, we've, um, thanks to the support of, you know, partners and donors, we've been able to increase our, our, um, the amount of investment that we are making in the next generation of players. Uh, and that starts, you know, relatively early on in junior golf and continues up through college and, and early on in the pro careers through the team Canada player development program. And, you know, we're excited uh, about the, uh, the impact of that investment over time. Um, there's a, I think you're seeing people, you know, like Brooke, um, like Corey create this, sense of confidence that um among the younger players that yeah i can do it i can be a world-class player i can be a top 10 uh player on the rolex rankings i can be in the tour championship one day you know those 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 role models were just like me uh as i grew up so you know we're uh we're we're hopeful we're working very hard at it um player development is a long-term process and you know i think people will be people who follow you know, competition at the national level in junior golf. We'll see at the Canadian junior boys and the Canadian junior girls this year, some really excellent play. And, um, you know, hopefully that continues to translate into even more success at the professional level. Now we had you on our show on our radio show at one point last year, and I believe you had some numbers, like you were hoping to have X number of players on the PGA LPGA tour by X year. Do you remember what that number was or, or what is it right now? Yeah, our eventual aspiration is to have a total of 30 players with PGA and LPGA Tour status. Uh, and, you know, right now that will that will sort of require slightly more than doubling the number. And um, but our, our rationale for this is that if you look at the extremely large participation base of, of golf in Canada and. Uh, the rate at which uh, countries around the world develop players uh, as, as we continue to work with stakeholders in the Canadian game. And as we continue to work with our, uh, our donors and our partners to provide the resources to the player development system and to the players, um, you know, we're hopeful and optimistic that over time, the rate at which we're developing uh, elite players starts to match the rate at which other countries uh, develop elite players in, in many instances um, so we actually think the equilibrium for Canada, you know, over the long term is is around 30 players on the LPGA and PGA Tour, and I guess you know we'll we'll find out. Um, you know, we're we're ambitiously moving forward with with that goal in mind, and um, that might be an un-Canadian thing to do or whatever the case may be, but um, but we're really trying to support the players and 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 really make clear that you know we do think that the role models that are on the tour now can inspire them as long as they're well supported uh, by everybody in Canadian golf. So that's, that's where we're trying to get to Adam is, is a total of 30. That's awesome. And uh, you mentioned role models and uh, recently there was some news uh, about Mike Weir, speaking of role models, the first official first T Canada ambassador. What's the significance of having a guy like Mike Weir who's celebrating the 20th anniversary of winning the masters this year, having him on board to it, to do this. Mike, yeah, Mike is a fantastic 
um, ambassador for golf in Canada writ large and formalizing his role as an ambassador for first tee in Canada is something that, you know, we're super happy that he's, he's uh, you know, he's raised his hand to do um, first tee is a, is a program that introduces golf to Canadian youth of all backgrounds so that Canadian youth can experience the benefits, the life lessons, the experiences that are inherent in our sport. And, you know, Mike's role, in addition to being an inspiration to kids is going to be, he, he's going to be able to help us, um, you know, as we generate financial support for, uh, for first tee with, with donors and with, um, with support of, uh, corporate Canada. And, um, you know, Mike's, Mike's desire to give back, to be a leader in this sport for Canada is fantastic. And we're really appreciative of him being on board. Okay. Before we sign off, we're gonna have a little fun here. You're, you're, a, you're a very accomplished player yourself. You tried qualifying for the Canadian open last year. You get, you're very close to doing it. Also playing the Canadian M too. What's the state of your personal game right now? Will be, will we be seeing you trying to qualify for Oakdale this year? Adam, I appreciate you mentioning that. I would describe me, myself more as a has been uh, <laughs> than uh, than perhaps uh, uh, you know the pencil isn't as sharp as it once was. But uh, yeah, last year I I did play in the you know the local qualifier, made it through, and played in the Monday and didn't quite make it through um, for the for the RBC Canadian Open. And I'm I am entered in the event again this year. I entered it yesterday. We'll see. Uh, the game is very wintered and uh, hibernating, so we'll see how that how that goes. Um, excited about the Canadian amateur uh, on the men's side, hopefully to to participate as well this year. Um, was fortunate to play half decent last year at out at Point Grey, but uh, it's fun to tee it up with the young the younger um, players. And sometimes they sometimes uh, an old guy with some experience can hang in there with them for a little bit, but by no means are my tools nearly as sharp as some of these young kids have these days, which are quite impressive. Well, uh, we'll be tracking you uh, both on and off the golf course. Uh, very exciting time for Golf Canada. Kev, Kev, thanks for your time today. We'll do it again later this season. Thank you, Adam. Appreciate it. Many thanks to Kevin Blue for joining me from Golf Canada. You can also watch that interview on our YouTube channel, it's available there right now if you want to watch that conversation as well. That will be a part of our show on TV today, which you can see at 1 p.m. on TSN 4, 4 p.m. on TSN 2, where Kevin Blue and I discuss golf in Canada in 2023. Lots of expectations, especially the thought of having 30 PGA and LPGA Tour players that are Canadian in the next few years, which is certainly ambitious, but given the way we've seen the growth in Canada as of late, I don't think this is too, too lofty at all. Looking forward to seeing what Golf Canada continues to do to help our strength in numbers for golf in all levels of Canada. Coming up on the other side, we're going to go one-on-one -on -one with Tyrrell Hatton, known as one of the great personalities in the world of golf and also a champion at the Arnold Palmer Invitational. He won this tournament back in 2020. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by WeatherTech Canada, Canada's leader in automotive accessories. This is Golf Talk Canada presented by TaylorMade. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, home to 80 great courses, 60 miles of sandy shores, endless dining and entertainment. 
Visit PlayGolfMyrtleBeach.com to start planning your golf trip today. Welcome back inside GTC. Adam Scully here in studio. We're going to hear from Mark Sacchino on the top of Hour 2 to discuss this late-breaking PGA Tour schedule news about reduced fields for designated events. We'll also have our TSN Edge picks for the Arnold Palmer Invitational. And we'll hear from John Rahm in Hour 2 as well, the current world number one, who is very confident about his game heading into this week. But first, I recently had a chance to go one-on-one with Tyrrell Hatton at the Adidas Global Launch event back when I was in Los Angeles a couple of weeks ago. And this guy is playing some very consistent golf. He hasn't, he's made 15 consecutive cuts worldwide. And he won this tournament, the Arnold Palmer Invitational, back in 2020. For much more, here's my conversation with Hatton. Alongside Tyrrell Hatton, uh, what is this night like for you seeing all the new Adidas product out and about like this? Yeah, it's, it's pretty cool. Um, we get to, we actually sit down with the team and we go through like scripting meetings for the majors for the following year. And yeah, I, I love those meetings. I love seeing the, all the new products that are going to be coming out. I like seeing what we're going to be wearing. And um, yeah, it's, it's just cool to, to be a part of. You mentioned the majors, and one of the cool things I've loved about your social media is when you post your major script in a big box that shows up, you got your Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. What's that like for you? Are you like a kid in a candy store when you open that stuff up for the first time? Yeah, I mean, because obviously we've seen it all um, through laptops and not like not necessarily all the pieces yeah. in, in person. So when we get to, to have it there and, you know, playing the majors is special, and then with the with the boxes that, that Adidas do for us, um, you know, it, it's a nice little touch on the week, and um, yeah, it's it's nice to to just see what we're gonna wear. What's it like for you when you try shoes? Are you someone who can put them right into play right away, or do you need to test them a couple of times before putting it into a tournament round? Um, wait, we obviously spend a lot of time in golf shoes, um, so you know, practicing it's pretty easy to to try um, different shoes and see how we feel with the traction and the stability of them. Um, obviously Adidas have quite a, a wide range of, uh, of footwear and um, so we're sort of sport for choice in that sense but obviously um, I've been wearing Co Chaos for a while and uh, yeah I'm, I, I love wearing that shoe. And let's segue now to your golf. And you've had some really good finishes in the majors as of late, a couple of top 15s last year. What do you think you need to do about your game to take it to the next level and you know, get into one of the final groups come Sunday afternoon? Uh, I don't think I need to, to change anything of, other than kind of what I'm doing at the moment. Um, I don't treat the, the majors any different to any other week. I've been fortunate to win some pretty, pretty big tournaments um, on DP World Tour and obviously only one win on the, the PJ Tour but that being at Bay Hill is a pretty iconic venue um, so I, I know deep down my game's good enough it's just obviously I haven't given myself that opportunity to to be there on Sunday in a major yet and um, you know I, I try my best every week some weeks work out better than others um, maybe this year I'll, I'll give myself a chance but um, I'll certainly be trying my best. 
And another reason this is a big year, it's a Ryder Cup year, too. You were part of the European squad the last time around at Whistling Straits. Obviously, it didn't go the way you guys wanted, but how much are you looking forward to hopefully being a part of that team this time around and maybe with more of a leadership role, too? Yeah, well, I had, uh, obviously, playing in 2018, too, was a pretty special experience when we when we won the Ryder Cup there. Um, so, obviously, tasted a, a win and a, and a defeat. Um, I'd love to be on that team in September, um, but there's a lot of golf to be played between now and then. Um, if I play how, I, how I'm capable of playing and how I've kind of played over the last sort of five, six years, then, then sure, I'd like to think that I'll be a part of the team, but there's, you can't take anything for granted. Um, golf's a funny game. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep putting the work in off the golf course and um, hope that shows with the results on it. Well, Tyrrell, thanks for your time today. All the best the rest of the year. Thank you so much. That's Tyrrell Hatton back at the Adidas Global Launch event a couple of weeks ago. He's played on the Ryder Cup a couple of times, and you know he is motivated to be on that squad again this time around in Rome to get Europe back on the winning side of things. Well, as I mentioned earlier in the show, today is a big one for GTC as it is a triple header. This is leg number one. We are on till noon right here on TSN 1050, previewing the Arnold Palmer Invitational and now discussing this PGA Tour schedule news. Mark will be by in hour two to discuss all of that and so much more. We'll have our TSN edge picks too. And then on TV, the band is back together. Mark, Bob, and I all together. 1 p.m. TSN 4. We'll preview the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Bob goes one-on-one with Nick Taylor. We'll recap Chris Kirk's victory at the Honda Classic. That Kevin Blue interview you just heard. And, of course, 20 weeks of TaylorMade because we have a big announcement coming next week. And then if you missed that airing of Golf Talk Canada at 1 p.m. on TSN 4, don't worry because it's on again TSN 2 at 4 p.m. So our triple header, very busy day for us right here on GTC. As always, a great time in the world of golf. Five weeks away now from the Masters. Things are heating up in a big way in the world of golf. Well, coming up to kick off our two, Mark Sakino will join us from Florida, and we will chat in depth about what he thinks about this new PGA Tour schedule news that appears to be coming at the start of 2024. Is this too similar to live in terms of no cut? Is this too similar to the World Golf Championship events? in terms of no cut to limited field. What can we expect? We'll discuss that and much more with Mark as we kick off hour two right here on Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by TaylorMade was brought to you by Play Golf Myrtle Beach, the golf capital of the world. Thank you for listening to hour one of GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network. This is Hour 2 of Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. Why Picton Mahoney? Visit PictonMahoney.com. 
Now, here are your hosts, Mark Zacchino, Bob Weeks, and Adam Scully. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada, hour two, the back nine right here on GTC. Adam Scully here in studio and now joined over the phone by Mark Zacchino. Uh, Mark, uh, first of all, how are you this morning and are you on your way to Bay Hill? Yeah, on the way to Bay Hill. Can't wait to get my eyes on the rough out there. I, I hear, Adam, it is right where we thought it was going to be, thick and lush. So I'm going to get some images on it for you. And also, uh, we'll be sending out a video on uh, social media handles at tsngolf.ca and some other things just to give you an idea of, of what this rough looks like. And the other thing I've heard, Adam, is that wind that was supposed to kind of come overnight Friday into Saturday it could come as early as Friday morning now. So that brutally hard weekend that we anticipated at the Arnold Palmer might land Friday early. And if that's the case, I mean, get your birdies Thursday because you might be heading backwards in the wrong direction on Friday if the winds are as strong as they were anticipating. And then hang on for dear life because we could see some carnage. Okay, so like, so how windy are we expecting this? Like, you were on location last year at the Players' Championship when guys were hitting five irons into the 17th hole, the Island Green. Like, are we expecting winds to that magnitude, Mark, or how windy is it really going to be? Yeah, they're saying that we could get gusts over 30 miles an hour, and that's miles per hour, not kilometers. So, you know, we've got to think of what a 30-mile-per-hour gust feels like. I mean, that is, that is strong. And, and, and what happens here, the forgiveness at Bay Hill is in the width of the fairways. They, they, they give players a large target off the tee to keep it in the short grass. But if you miss that fairway, it is extremely penal with the lot, length of the rough and this golf course, year in and year out, outside of major championship golf, uh, provides the players with more approach shots outside 200 yards than any course on tour. Now, part of that, Adam, is because there's four par fives in rotation here as well, also the long par fours, yada, yada, yada. But you start throwing 30-mile-per-hour gusts or more at these guys, and now those wide fairway targets kind of get cut in half because the wind is just swatting your golf ball around, all of a sudden, that, you know, that rough is now really, truly part of the storyline, not just around the greens, not just for the guys that you know, can't find their swing with the driver. Now it's for the guys just throughout the field. Even the guys driving it well are going to be missing fairways because the winds are going to be so strong. And if you take on holes like 16, for example, and try to take it over the corner on the par 5, and you don't pull it off, or on 15, you try to shorten the corner up the right side and you don't pull it off. You know, there's a lot of those angles around Bay Hill. This rough will, like, completely change the, the complexion of the scoreboard. We saw it last year with Scotty Scheffler on the weekend, how the, the, you know, the scores went backwards. We saw it the year Terrell Hatton won. I think the number was four under par, if, if, if my memory serves correct. We could see another year like that uh, this week. Now, Sunday will probably be better, but here's the thing. Even if the winds lay down late Saturday afternoon and the weekend Sunday, this place is going to get baked out with sunshine on top of it. So it's going to get hard. It's going to get brown. This is going to be a really fun Arnold Palmer. If they've got the forecast right, this is going to be must-see TV. Yeah, it certainly is. And you're looking at the forecast, 31 Celsius Thursday, 32 Friday, 31 Saturday, 29 Sunday, if I'm looking at the right forecast here. 
So in terms of getting baked out, Mark, I mean, this is going to be wild. Now, I don't know if I, I think I'm looking at the right forecast here. Maybe I'm not, yeah, but no, those if, if I am, that's Adam, it. That you, okay. You're correct. Wow. It's uh, hottest. I believe I heard this multiple uh, sources, like just flick around local news and just reading local news. It's the hottest February on record for Florida. I mean, I'm in central Florida now, but even up, uh, Point of Vedra Beach, St. Augustine, where I was the last two weeks for PGA Tour Live in studio. What, we would exit the studio at night at like 6.30, 7 o'clock, and it was still 26 degrees outside, 25 degrees outside. And that's two hours northeast of here on the coast. You're not supposed to be getting those temperatures this time of year on the coast. So uh, your forecast is accurate. And it is going to change. It is going to make a, an already difficult Florida swing even more difficult. Honda last week, the difference in Honda was it's the first year in years, Adam, we haven't got wins at Honda. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, it was hot. Yes, it was starting to get firm on the weekend. But they got lots of water on those greens at night down at the Honda. And they never got the wins. If they had got wins at the Bear Trap, they had got wins like they had the last few years. We would have got eight, nine under winning that golf tournament. Wow. Well, I'm looking forward to this, and it seems like a little U.S. Open might break out this week, which uh, I'm super stoked to see. And, you, you know, you mentioned the scores there, Mark. Two of the last three years, it has been single digits under par. Scotty Scheffler, five under, won this tournament last year. Tyrrell Hatton, four under, won this back in 2020. Now, of course, Mark, this is another designated event on the PGA Tour. And this is the first year of these designated events with these mega purses. And so far, there have still been big fields and a cut after 36 holes. But there was some news that broke during our first segment where Bob and I spoke about this news, about it appears we're going to see some smaller fields, no cut. At first glance, Mark, what do you think about this news? I got to be honest with you. I know that PGA Tour fans are going to love this, and I know that the average golf fan is, like, pumping their fist this morning with this news. And I'm sure TV broadcasters and people who are rights holders and whatnot are pumping their fists because it means even more focus on the uh, on stars and four days guaranteed that those stars are always in your TV window. And it increases the value of a TSN plus and ESPN plus and PGA tour live, because now, you know, you're going to always have a Rory, a Rob, potentially a tiger, depending on his health, et cetera in those windows where, the, where maybe one of them didn't play so well that week and they're not in the network window in the afternoon. So now that streaming window in the morning is worth even more. So I know all those people are cheering for this, and I understand why, and, and, they, and they're correct. I, I'm not going to pretend that they're not correct. But from a, from a purist standpoint and from someone, you know, who loves the PGA Tour, I don't like this. Because let's go back to the waste management. The waste management Phoenix Open. What was part of the best story at the WM? It was Nick Taylor, Adam. And Nick Taylor doesn't get a chance to do what he did against John Rahm and Scotty Scheffler down the stretch if, if that's a designated field of 70, 78 players. Nick Taylor doesn't get in. And Nick Taylor doesn't get the biggest check of his career and almost the biggest win of his career. 
And Nick Taylor doesn't get to say, I beat John Roth on the final day at Sunday and almost took down Scotty Scheffler. And God knows what he uses that as a trampoline the rest of the year for confidence for Nick Taylor. So those stories become non-existent. And a part of me says, this is, you're almost to a certain degree, not, not 100%, but there's part of you now that is morphing a little bit into what you're fighting against. You know, we don't like live golf. People who are PGA Tour enthusiasts, we don't like live golf because we believe in cuts, right? We believe in playing 72 holes. We believe in starting on the first hole, finishing on the 18th hole. And we think shotgun starts without a cut is, is just a, an exhibition. It's, it's, a, it's the XFL is what it feels like, right? Uh, and I know that this is still 72 holes. And I know it's not a shotgun, so, and I know it's kind of closer to the old WGC format is what this is feeling like. So it still has credibility, and it's still a proper golf tournament. But we need to be careful here. It's already hard enough for some of these players to get starts on the PGA Tour, and now we're going to make it even start so harder. So what I'm hoping is, is that this isn't for all designated events. I'm hoping this is just for you know, a couple of them and we don't go across the board on this, the good news, Adam, is they are adding at least one more, if not two more events next year to give guys starts, including opposite field stuff, which will give guys starts. So that's the good news. And we don't know exactly where those new events are coming from yet. The bad news with those events is, you know, they're going to be playing likely for 300 FedEx Cup points and a lot less money and a lot less exemptions and invites and stuff like that so i understand why this is happening from a tv product we need to keep rory rom tiger and all those guys happy i get that but there are some flags here what what was bob's take adam well his his take was very similar to yours too and 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 my like we, we sort of echoed the same thing and like this sort of seems like that you know the pga tour was taking away and sort of minimizing the WGCs and with these designated events, they had, it was more chances for more players to go and earn more money and have storylines like you mentioned, Mark, where, you know, you have a guy, obviously we're biased given we're Canadian, but to have Nick Taylor in the mix at the WM Phoenix open, where, like you said too, he wouldn't have had this opportunity if this schedule is what it is going to be in 2024 where the opportunity to win 3.6 million dollars and another trophy means a whole hell of a lot more to nick taylor than it does to to john rom or rory mcelroy or scotty scheffler or these guys who are world-renowned players where nick taylor's won a couple of times but he doesn't have the same sort of stature that these players do so uh, and, and Bob's perspective as well is like, what does this mean for the RBC Canadian Open? Because as a national open mark, you, you would think that they wouldn't just have 78 players at a tournament like that, no? Well, and that's why I, I was saying, Adam, I think you're a thousand percent bang, bang on you are. And that's why I was hoping, because a lot of this is hearsay. We still, you know, we still don't have like a firm schedule and a Monaghan press conference behind this, right? right. So I'm hoping that because what are how many designated events are we up to now if we include majors like 18 or something something like that yeah okay so we know the majors and the players are not going to that so we know those five events are 
are not going to 78 players or 70. Those are going to be full field events, okay? So now we're down to like 13, 14 other designated events. What I'm hoping is, to your point, and what I was alluding to earlier, that they isolate, you know, four of those. Maybe one in the first quarter of the year, second quarter, like have one of them quarterly that is, is, looks similar to what a WGC used to look like. And then, and then obviously, we wouldn't have to worry about these things when it comes to Arnold Palmer, yada, yada, things like that. And let's pick some very, you know, specific events that we can then reform and reshape. And maybe, maybe those events are events that need some help. You know, maybe some of those events are events that aren't waste management in L.A. Because let's be honest, waste management in L.A., those were designated events anyway before they were named designated events. I mean, Bob brought this up on Monday. The events that were doing well are still doing well. They're just doing even better. You know what I mean? L.A. always had the stars out. It always had a great field. Waste management had 200,000 people coming out on Saturday, regardless of who was in the field. Arnold Palmer, it's the Arnold Palmer. So the, the events that were doing good are just doing better. And the events that need help... Uh, are are now still the events that need help. So, I think this I think this takes a, a lot of conversation and a very close look because to your point, we're not going to have a national championship labeled the designated event and have seventy eight guys. That ain't happening. No, I, I totally agree. And it looks like from what I'm seeing on the schedule, it looks like twelve designated events plus the majors, and that doesn't include the Tour Championship as well, which obviously this year, you know, 30 guys, no cut, et cetera, et cetera. And those, the two playoff events before that included are obviously no cut too. So lots of moving parts here, Mark, and this is something that we will dissect at length as we go forward here. And I know Bob has some interviews that he is uh, planned with some pretty uh, high-level execs with the PGA Tour that will probably come down next week when he is at TPC Sawgrass with you. But on the other side, Mark, you're going to stick around. We're going to discuss some of the favorites at the Arnold Palmer Invitational because according to FanDuel, there are three clear favorites and then the rest of the field. We'll discuss that and much more coming up next. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC was presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. For over 15 years, our focus has been on helping Canadians stay invested in all market conditions, including this one. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. Learn more about their award-winning golf course and growing community. Visit CobbleBeach.com today. Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully in studio. Zucchino over the phone. Weeks doing a data golf segment right now which is going to air around masters week and this week on the pga tour it is another designated event with the arnold palmer invitational a star studded field mark for now we have a full field this week at the arnold palmer invitational we'll still see full fields uh throughout the year for these designated events and yes it appears that might be a changing thing coming in 2024 but looking from an odds perspective right now we have three clear favorites john rom 
on FanDuel, plus 700 or 7-1 to one is your clear betting favorite given this season he's had. That's not shocking. Rory McIlroy, plus 850. He is the second betting favorite. Scotty Scheffler, plus 950, your third betting favorite. Then it really drops off to a host of players who are between 20 and 24 to 1, including Shoffley, Kentley, Homa, Morikawa, Zalatoris, and Finau. Mark, do you agree with FanDuel here that this week there really are three clear betting favorites and then a drop-off after that? Yeah, not only do I agree this week, Adam, uh, it will be our TV show this afternoon, our real, our, truly our debut. I don't call it our debut because obviously we kicked off the season last week with our TaylorMade product special, but this is our first weekly TV show this afternoon yep. where you, Bob, and I you know, threw it around and broke it down. And I allude I alluded to this for this afternoon's show is that in the world of golf right now, I think there's in no particular order because it, it's, it's starting to feel like every couple of weeks this, this wave could move. But there's John Rump, there's Rory McIlroy, and there's Scotty Scheffler. And don't forget Scotty Scheffler. And then there's everybody else. Now, you could argue that it's Rom and Rory 1A, 1B, and they flip-flop, and then Scheffler next. But I definitely think it's those three. And then, and then, of course, we had a conversation after that of you know, who, who we think is, is next at the top of the heap. And that is a much harder conversation. But I think FanDuel's got it right. I think if you're playing fantasy golf, if you're laying any action this week, you likely have to have one of those guys in your trio, on your team, whatever it is. Who you go with, I don't know. Um, Long-term play here, you know, Rory McIlroy has a ton of success around here. Former champion, has played well here often, uh, usually contends. His type of golf course, high ball hitter, need to take advantage of par fives, makes a lot of sense. Recent form, John Rahm, how do you argue with his form? How do you argue with the way he's playing coming into this? Guess who led the PGA Tour in par five scoring, who's in the field this week compared to last year? John Rob, number one. Okay, you know you have to take care of part fives here. So Rob makes sense. And then Scotty Scheffler, he's a defending champion. And a couple of weeks ago, he defended his title at the Waste Management. So I don't know how you decipher which way you go here, but it's hard to argue that these are not the three favorites. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's hard to argue that for sure. And... Uh, as, as you'll hear or see on our TV show coming up, uh, TSN 4 at 1 p.m. or TSN 2 at 4 p.m., Mark and I, we have this conversation about John Rahman. What has really changed with him this year? And it's it's like he has this chip on his shoulder. It's, it's as if, you know, in other sports, sometimes there's the expression, you're playing angry and he's going out and maybe he's playing with a chip on his shoulder. Maybe he's playing a little, a little angry. And, you know, Mark, there, there have already been some comments about this uh, this new PGA Tour schedule that is rumored to be coming out. Lee Westwood tweeted out, I've spent the last year reading how good full fields and cuts are with the two eye emojis. So I, I, I don't know about you, but I think we're going to be seeing a lot of snarky, sort of uh, cheeky comments on the Twitter sphere from those on live, don't you say? Yeah, 100%. And this is why I think Monaghan and the Tour need to get ahead of this immediately and come out yeah. with a formal announcement of what this is before the Lee Westwoods, Ian Poulter, Sergio Garcia's, you know, the, the, all, that part of the world starts creating this narrative and getting out there. Like, the Tour should be already in front of us, and they're not. 
and and they need to come out exactly what this is and say, okay, this is three events we're talking about out of a, a three events here that we're going to add to this designated field. There are going to be 70, 78 players along with the playoffs. So we're going to have you know six events out of 45 events that are not full field with a cut. That is very different than 14 54-hole shotguns. But the only way they get that message across is if they get out there and control the narrative. The first rule in any public relations uh, situation is you've got to be first out and you've got to be clear and you've got to be concise. And right now, Liv and all these players, like Lee Westwood, they're going to get out there and they're going to start muddying the water. So, I mean, come on, boys, let's go. And I, you know, Mark, I'm guessing given it's Players Championship Week next week, I would think Commissioner Monahan will be holding a press conference, a State of the Union, if you will, at some point early in the week. And we'll definitely have a ton of that audio on our show. Adam, as, Adam, I yes, got to ask you yes. a question. I got to yeah. ask you a question here because I don't think the tour meant for this to leak. I think Jack Nicholas started opening uh, up this yeah. can of worms last week at Honda letting things go that were not supposed to be spoken about, but he spoke about them anyway on national TV. And then Damon Lynch poking around. He's doing his job. He's a reporter. He's looking for the scoop, yada, yada, yada. I get it. But I believe that this was supposed to be concealed and this was supposed to be controlled and would likely have been announced next week in a presser by Monaghan, somewhere around Monday or Tuesday, like you're alluding to, that that was probably the, uh, the, the, the way they wanted to roll this out. Because the one thing the other tour, the, the tour always wants to do is they don't want to take away from the spotlight of where the tour is for that particular week. And, and the last thing PGA Tour wants is a bunch of people like you and I and Golf Channel and NBC and PGA Tour Live and all the talent to be sitting around and injecting this narrative now into this week's broadcast. They want the focus for this week to be on the Arnold Palmer Invitational and what's happening inside the roads. And with this being leaked, you know, we're already going down this wormhole. So I'm with you. I think they, if they likely had it scheduled to go out early next week in a Monaghan presser, to your, po- to your point, and somebody blew it, and it probably starts with Jack on this one. Yeah, you know, you, you make a lot of good points there, Mark, and uh, I'm sure whenever Commissioner Monahan speaks next week, we will uh, we'll play a lot of that audio, play that video on our TV and radio shows, respectively, and discuss them at length because there will be a lot to chat about after that. Okay, on the other side, we'll have our TSN Edge picks for this week. We'll also talk about what a week in the life on PGA Tour Radio is like for Mark because I know a lot of our viewers and listeners are very curious about all of that. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Cobble Beach, Georgian Bay's extraordinary waterfront golf resort community. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. Book your tour at cadillac.ca slash live. 
Welcome back inside Golf Talk Canada. Scully in studios, Aquino over the phone. And Mark, this week you're with PGA Tour Radio covering the Arnold Palmer Invitational at Bay Hill Club and Lodge, Arnie's place, of course. Before we give our TSN edge picks this week, a lot of viewers, a lot of listeners are wondering about what it's like for you, Mark, being on the road, being with PGA Tour Radio, setting everything up, calling the shots. What is a general week in the life of Mark Zucchino like when covering PGA Tour for PGA Tour Radio? Yeah, radio is very different uh, uh, week than live. you know, you work at PGA Tour Live. I'm a studio guy when it comes to ESPN+. Plus. So it's, you know, get to St. Augustine, Florida on a Wednesday. We do a very quick production meeting at 4 p.m. Uh, mostly everybody on the team now has been doing it for a year or more. Uh, so everybody kind of knows exactly what to do. And it's a very quick production meeting. And then, you know, you're in early Thursday because our biggest audience on ESPN Plus and TSN Plus coverage of PGA Tour Live typically comes Thursday and Friday when you've got, you know, Tiger and Rory in the morning and network TV does not. Uh, and it's a very different week. And, you know, you move, you move around feeds, main feed, channel four, and you're done around 6, 6.30 at night, you call it a night. PGA Tour Radio is a much more laboring week. Uh, you know, uh, you usually get to your hotel on a Wednesday. Uh, if you're lucky to be in town already, you can get to your hotel and get settled before heading to the golf course. Often it's straight from the airport with luggage to the golf course. Fight for a rental car. I mean, you cannot get a rental car in the state of Florida right now. And if you're lucky to get one, good luck in getting it for under $1,500 for the week. I mean, it's just an absolute disaster. During COVID, they just sold all their vehicles, and there's just nothing left. Uh, get to the golf course around noon, 1 o'clock. What I typically do now is shoot a video for TSN Plus if I'm on the ground to, to give just a preview of our TS, TSN Plus coverage, which I send to, uh, you know, Jamie Rydell, obviously, you know, who manages all of our golf content on TSN. And we kind of get out that on social media feeds. Then I do a tour of the golf course, check the rough, check the whole locations for the week, walk a little with some of the players. If I see Nick or, or Corey or one of the guys, I'll chat with them, try to pull some inside information of maybe something they're seeing out there on the golf course that we wouldn't know with, with just us being outside the ropes. Um, and just get a feel with how things are going to roll out that week. Then we do an equipment test at 3 o'clock, make sure all of our live gear is working because there's people on the ground, there's people in studio, there's people in home studios, so the moving parts are crazy. Then a production call at 5 o'clock, and then it really gets the morning. We load up around 11.30 in the morning, and we are on, on till like noon till like 6, 7 o'clock every day live. I'm inside the ropes calling golf. I've got about five, six, seven voices in my headset that I need to navigate for a seven-hour window. Usually walk about 15,000 steps on Thursday and Friday, and about 10,000 steps on Saturday and Sunday. And uh, i got to tell you, out of everything we do, Adam, outside of Golf Talk Canada, being inside the ropes on a Sunday under the headset for PGA Tour Radio is probably the most fun I can have. You know, everybody thinks, you know, TV, glamorous, you know, working with ESPN+, Plus, 
you know, for you being on SportsCenter. I mean, we get to do some pretty high-profile things that, you know, are pretty cool, and we love doing them. But I don't know if I get any kind of rush, like walking up the fairway with, like, 15,000 bodies lining that fairway. perfect example was last year at RBC Canadian Open. Coming up that 18th fairway with the, with the spectators collapsing behind me, Rory McIlroy about to win another Canadian Open. I mean, at that point, you're so wired with energy, it's almost like you're hitting the shots. I mean, it's, it's crazy. And uh, that little, it's a long week, and it's a super, super, super hard week, but it's really worth it for that, that jolt, that last hour of coverage on a Sunday, that, that rush is awesome. Oh, that's a great summary too. I know we've had a lot of people reach out and ask, you know, what what is it really like? Give us, you know, a summary. And that was amazing. I mean, there's so much to get into there with PGA Tour Radio. Hey, course, hey Adam, maybe this, this year yes. at the RBC Canadian Open, once our Golf Talk Canada duties are over, because I know, you know, we're going to be live on the air from 10 to 12 every day, Monday to Friday. Maybe mm-hmm. if uh, if you got it in you, uh, we get you and a cameraman to come inside the ropes with me on a Thursday or a Friday, and we do like a we maybe document what it's like and do like a behind the scenes, and we can capture it for Golf Talk Canada TV and social media and TSN, and maybe it'd be an interesting perspective for our viewers. I, I think it would be, and not only would we be covering you, you'd have your direct, your director of security there with you as well to, you know, to hold off those asking you for autographs and asking you for selfies because you're a hard man at work. You're trying to work right now, but uh, yeah, that, that sounds like a great idea. That's something we'll definitely we'll definitely investigate here going forward. That that's an awesome awesome summary. Okay, Mark. So the, the thing that everyone wants to hear because RTS and Edge Picks have been going quite well. Throughout 2022-23, this wraparound season, you, Bart, you, Bob, and I should say, all have three victories. So let's go back and forth with our edge picks. I'll give Bob's at the end of the segment. But Mark, give us, uh, give us your first edge pick this week, and why you are taking this particular player. Well, I, I kind of broke down it in my brain what we were talking about. You know, just off the top of the hours, you know, how do you decipher? which one of the three favorites that you really want to kind of go all in on. And I went with Scotty Scheffler. And, I mean, you can make an argument for any three of these guys. They should all be the favorites. I think we all agree on that. I just went with Scotty yep. because I think at some point, John Rom's going to run out of gas. Like, at some point, he's going to have a rusty week. Uh, it might be this week. It might be next week. He's hoping it's not next week. He's hoping it's not at Augusta, et cetera. But everybody's due an off week at some point. Um, it's just a matter of time. So I, I was kind of a little weary of, of getting back on the ROM train. We're, we're hoping that Rory gets a bounce back from L.A. But um, I'm, hoping, I'm hoping, like Bob, that Rory peaks when we get to Augusta in April. You know, that's, that's when we're really hoping that Rory peaks. So... I'm looking for Scotty to kind of do what he just did, which was defend a title that he won last year on a golf course that he's obviously very comfortable with, playing some exceptional golf. You know, we, we very quickly looked past the fact that he's 7-for-7 seven seven 
cuts made this year with already multiple top tens before he had that win at the Waste Management. So somehow quietly under the radar as the third best player on the planet and quietly with the third best scoring average on the PGA Tour, I went with Scotty Scheffler. I like the pick, Mark, and, you know, like you said, he was quietly having this very consistent season, goes on and wins the WM Phoenix Open, and he gets that fifth career PGA Tour victory, defends his title successfully out in Phoenix, and he has the third shortest odds right now on FanDuel at plus 950. As for me, you, you know me, sometimes I like to go a little further down the line, try to find <laughs> a little value here and there, and my first pick is Will Zalatoris, and he is in that next level of guys. You know, we mentioned Rom, McElroy, Scheffler. Then there's a big drop-off. Scheffler's at plus 950, and then we have uh, Shoffley, Cantlay at 20 to 1, and Homa, Morikawa, Zalatoris 21 to 1, and Tony Finau at 24 to 1. So Zalatoris, 21 to 1 for me, and this is a guy but he's been pretty consistent so far. Uh, 12 of his 14 rounds have been in the 60s. We have seen a big improvement with his putting stroke. And yes, his putting stroke is obviously well documented. It is, call it unorthodox to be kind, inside three feet. It is certainly a little sketchy, we can call it that. Uh, but he finished 10th at this tournament a couple of years ago. And another reason I like Zalatoris, Mark, is because he plays tough setups very well. He's a great record at major championships and given the weather we are expecting this week in terms of wind i'm expecting that ball striking to really pull through i like will zalatoris at 21 to 1 this week okay give us your second pick for the for the arnold palmer invitation yeah, i think all of that makes sense adam i, I agree with you uh and uh it, it, sooner or later uh he's going to be back to the form he was prior to injury so who knows maybe it's this week so i like the way you're thinking there uh my second uh pick is uh victor hovland and victor hovland has quietly gone seven for seven made cuts uh had a funny uh a funny season victory there in december with another hero world challenge and i like guys that take care of par fives this week at uh, at Bay Hill, and Victor Hovland always seems to take care of the par fives year in and year out. Statistically, always in that top 20 in par five scoring, etc. So Victor Hovland, a good pick this week. The thing with Victor is, sooner or later, he's going to break out again. He's just too good. Uh, he's got to clean up one round. He always seems to have one round of golf that fails and turns you know, a potential chance or into another top 20. He needs to put four rounds together. Uh, that's been the hiccup. He's for not that happened at some point. He also needs to start higher profile events. He's that player. He is the next guy in line. Why not this one? Yeah, and Victor Hovland right now has odds of 28 to one to win, tied with Justin Thomas. Those are some long odds for JT. I mean, I know JT hasn't had the greatest of years to, from his uh, perspective so far, but 28 to one for Justin Thomas does seem pretty, pretty long. Okay, my second pick is a guy who said, I'll call it a renaissance season. And that is Mr. Jason Day, one of the nice guys on the PGA Tour. 31 to one RJ Day's odds right now on FanDuel. Three straight top tens coming in this week. He's fifth in strokes gained total this season, but most importantly, Mark, this guy, 
seems to be healthy. And that's something that he has certainly battled the last couple of years. This guy was world number one a number of years ago. He was 164th in the world golf ranking back in the fall, and now he's up to 47th. He's playing some great golf right now. I like Jason today. Okay, Mark, give us your third and final pick. All right, well, I haven't told you this yet, Adam, because oh, we didn't have time oh. to squeeze this into our TV broadcast, but you know I've already picked Jason Day once this year uh, yeah. in our TSN Edge Picks because I agree with everything you're saying. It's so great and healthy. I spoke to him at the American Express off mic. We only did about four minutes for PGA Tour Radio, but Jason Day is such a good guy that he's willing to chat with you. And he went extensively into how healthy he feels, yada, yada, yada. So I'm going to tell you this right now. I already have Jason Day as part of my team next week at the Players' Championship. So I'm giving you that pick one week in advance. For this week, my value play is a guy who has had three top ten finishes in a row at this event and needs to get his season going, kick the rust off. And that's Matthew Fitzpatrick. He had a career year last year, the reigning U.S. Open champion, uh, hasn't done much this year, hasn't played a lot. Uh, I stumbled across an inter- interesting stat earlier this week. At Bay Hill, there are more approaches year in and year out outside 200 yards than anywhere on the PGA Tour, not including majors. Guess who leads the PGA Tour with approach shots to the green outside 200 yards from the rough? Matthew Fitzpatrick. So I'm going out on a, on a leaper here, taking a flyer, trying to make it make sense. It's a bit of a hunch play, but it's a horses for courses and taking a deep dive in some weird stats here. I'm going to go with Fat Fitzpatrick as my last pick. There you go. And Fitzpatrick available at 36 to 1. So some value there for Fitzpatrick, the rainy U.S. Open champion. My third pick, another value play, Keith Mitchell. Now, when we taped Golf Talk Canada, his odds were 50 to 1. Now they've climbed, they're now 44 to 1. So some money, a lot of people thinking that Keith Mitchell will have a good week. A pair of top six finishes here at Bay Hill, T5 and T6 in 2019 and 20, respectively. Fifth in strokes gained off the tee, 23rd in scoring average for Keith Mitchell. As for Bob this week, he likes Tyrrell Hatton, he likes Rory McIlroy, and he also likes Matthew Fitzpatrick. Well, Mark, thanks for your time today. I know you're a very, 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 very busy man. Enjoy the call on PGA Tour Radio this coming week, and we will talk to you very early next week. Thanks for holding up the foreigners of Philly Scully. Talk to you later, brother. Anytime. That is Mark Skeno. Catch his call. PGA Tour Radio. Catch his hit later today on tsn.ca. Looking at the rough at Bay Hill. It's one of the great courses on the PGA Tour. Can't wait for this tournament to get underway. On the other side, we're going to hear from John Rahm. This man is on a Tiger-esque run right now. We'll hear about how confident he is heading into this week. This is Golf Talk Canada. This segment of GTC, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management, was brought to you by Cadillac. Cadillac. Experience Cadillac. Join one of our agents for a personalized virtual live tour of Cadillac SUVs, sedans, and EVs. This is Golf Talk Canada, presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management. This segment of GTC is brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360 22. 
Tour 360 22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Visit adidas.ca slash golf. Wrapping up this edition of Golf Talk Canada. Boy, boy, it's been a busy one with breaking news of this PGA Tour schedule that is reportedly coming in 2024 with no cuts at designated events, limited field. Will this be all designated events or some of them? Still unclear about that, I'm sure. As Mark mentioned, we will hear from Commissioner Jay Monahan during uh, next week because it is the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass, uh, as everyone calls it, the fifth major championship. So I'm sure we'll hear from Jay Monahan next week on this and so much more. Now, we only have a little bit of time left, and I, I want to go to some audio that John Rahm spoke yesterday with the media. And this guy obviously is playing some incredible golf, and... He's up to world number one. He's already won three times on the PGA Tour in 2023. The big question is, how confident is he really? If take a listen to this clip. You know how confident John Rahm is heading into this tournament. When you're firing on, on all cylinders, um, can anyone beat you in your mind? No. And then how many, how many players would you guess feel the same way you do? I mean, I would hope a lot of them. What do you think? I have no idea. I, I don't know. Quite the mentality for John Rahm. He believes he is the best, and he should right now. He is playing the best on the PGA Tour. He is also the betting favorite this week at plus 700 on FanDuel. Well, this is leg one of our triple header here on GTC. Our second leg of our triple header, TSN 4 at 1 p.m. You can watch us. The band is back together. Mark, Bob, and I all together to preview the Arnold Palmer Invitational. That's coming up. Both TSN 4 at 1 p.m. and TSN 2 at 4 p.m. We'll have a full preview of this week's tournament. We'll make our TSN Edge picks. 20 weeks tailor-made. Big announcement coming next week where Mark and Bob will be on location at TPC Sawgrass for our television show. Looking forward to that. And it's funny how news breaks here because, you know, the PJ Tour schedule that's reportedly coming out was broken uh, or came out during our first hour. That was very similar to Overdrive yesterday when three Leafs trades all came down Within their first hour, I believe, on overdrive, James Duffy was sitting in the in the one of the, the seats for when two of the trades went down. So it was fun to see that. Fun when news breaks live on the radio. And speaking of the Maple Leafs, that's what's coming up next here on TSN 1050. Big matchup tonight against the Edmonton Oilers, who also made a huge trade with Matias Ekholm going to the Oilers in return for Tyson Berry and some draft picks. Leafs lunch coming up next. Six new players. Are the Leafs done? Trade deadline, 3 p.m. Friday. Trade Center, of course, comprehensive coverage right here on TSN 1050. Thanks for listening to GTC today. We'll be back in an hour on TSN 4 for Golf Talk and the television. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you next time. This segment of GTC presented by Picton Mahoney Asset Management was brought to you by Adidas Golf and the Tour 360-22. Tour 360-22 sits on the feet you wear last, serving as the foundation for the Tour 360 fit, while the Spike More traction system will help golfers stay locked in. Thank you for listening to GTC. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Golf Talk Canada. 
For show archives, podcasts, and all things GTC, visit GolfTalkCanada.com. And don't miss Golf Talk Canada Television weekly on the TSN Television Network.